We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It is an extra, extra special spooky season this year. We have a Friday the 13th in October. That's not going to happen again until 2028. So for this momentous occasion, myself, Dave, Jesse, we're going to cover two Friday the 13th movies for you. Part three and part four, the final chapter, although there's a lot more going on and I don't. I don't want to get into that timeline. Jesse, save me. Hit the intro. Go, go, please. Welcome in, everybody, to the show. I am your host, as always, Rob Coakley. Joining me, Dave Wilkins. What's up? Happy Friday the 13th. And Jesse Wilkins. Hey there, friends. How are you? And I got a little flustered in the beginning. This timeline for Friday the 13th is literally all over the place. They try to end the series with one of these movies we're going to cover today. But then they did, I think, 14 more the next year or something like that. It's <laughs> it's a lot. But we're going to get into it. We got two movies to jump into. Let's get right into them. Dave, hit me with a synopsis for Friday the 13th, part three. Friday the 13th, part three, 1982, directed by Steve Miner. The third installment in the Friday the 13th series picks up on the day after the carnage with homicidal maniac Jason Voorhees stealing some clothes and killing a local store owner. Meanwhile, Chris and her sometimes boyfriend, Rick, are hosting a group of teenage friends at Chris's lake house. Despite a run-in with the local biker gang, they enjoy an amiable weekend together. That is, until Jason begins knocking off kids and bikers alike. This is part three. So I, I, I like part three. I do. But and I like part four. We're going to talk about part four, too. But right now, I want to talk about part two, part three, and part four, and how they are all the same movie. <laughs> I don't agree with Literally this. Literally the same movie. <laughs> gets one, is the only, <laughs> one is the only one that's different. It was, and it's like way different. And then they just keep making the same movie over and over and over again. And I granted, I love it every time. It's just fun. <laughs> it's a blast. And we get like, once we get further down the Friday the 13th road, we're going to get in some real nonsense when they start switching shit up and they probably shouldn't have. But for the most part, these first movies are all basically just, it's like ACDC. They keep doing the same song over and over and it rocks every time. Oh, you, oh, you said that weird. I thought you meant it sucks every time. No. Rocks. No, Rocks. ACDC. All their songs sound the same and they all kick ass. No, they all suck. No, you I hate ACDC. I hate ACDC with all my heart. God, we're going to get so many one-star <laughs> reviews because of that. <laughs> what are your thoughts on part three, Jesse? I enjoyed it. Like Dave said, it is like kind of the same thing. 
but it's fun. It, I had fun watching this movie. Again, it's it's an older movie, so it's you can't avoid the corniness of old movies. But that's part it's of just, it. It's just the way that these movies were at the time, and it's fine. And it it was it was a lot of fun. I, I had a good time. I enjoyed the biker and uh, biker gang stuff. It was there was some good comedy mixed in there and some good kills. And it was it was a little bit different, but not different at the same time. So yeah, the corniness, I, I though, really the corniness it. It, it, you can't be a negative. The corniness is part of the whole Friday the 13th and that whole 80s slasher feel, that whole vibe. And the, to the point where anytime somebody tries to make an 80s style slasher, like present day, they purposely incorporate the cheesy acting. So it's, it's, it's part of it. It is, yeah. and I'm fine with it. Yeah, so I, I don't, this isn't my favorite Friday the 13th, part three, by any means. I don't hate it. I think it fits in just nicely. I, so I, I'm not sure if you guys knew this, but this was filmed for 3D. And that is why you get a lot of the weird camera angles and weird camera shots. Like there's one where Jason just like points his blade at the screen and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> it's just because that's like a 3D shot. The yo-yo. Remember like they were just like insistent on that yo-yo shot where it's mm. just like that was a 3D shot and the juggling. Like You're like, why are these assholes juggling for five minutes in this scene? It's all for the 3D shot. So like if you go back and watch it again, you'll really notice like the 3D shots. They stand out like a sore thumb. Did they releasing it in 3D or did they what? Did they end up releasing it in 3D? Yeah, you had to go to the movie theater. You wore the glasses. This mm. the, the titles were the biggest. Like you could tell, they worked so hard on the <laughs> the titles being 3D because they have the biggest red beams just coming at you. And you're right, like the yo-yo scene, the juggling scene. There was a boat scene, and then the stab is the obvious one. So that's yeah. Uh, there the, there were scenes in the it. barn that stood out. So this was a big trend in the 80s. Part three to horror movies were 3D. Jaws 3D. Like there was just like a like this happened over and over again. And yeah, there was the another one, one before we get off the 3D thing. There was one where there was this one scene where the they pitchforked one of the bikers right through the neck, mm. and they they hung on like the the pole, like the camera yeah. angle for way too long. And I'm sitting here looking. I'm like, why am I staring at the end of this pitchfork? And it's because they did that for the 3D. Yeah, the other cool kill for the 3D was the harpoon gun that went through the girl's mm. eye from that the dock. So, like, seeing that in 3D was probably pretty cool. That was but, pretty cool, not even in 3D, because obviously yeah, that's, we, that's we just fair. watched it on TV or computer monitors or whatever, but I was watching, I was like, that actually, like, just looked like it was coming at you. Imagine that in, like, today's 3D technology, because that would have been a really cool scene. Might have been worse. Could have been, because they actually pulled it off really well in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually never seen it in 3D. It's something that I would like to go back and watch at some point and see if I can, because you can probably get the glasses and watch it. I do think watching it now is a negative, but I think that's a problem with a lot of 3D movies, especially the ones that came out right around Avatar. When you were watching them at home, a 3D movie, you saw those scenes. It just hangs on those scenes to the detriment of the movie almost. Like, why are we yeah. hanging on this scene? I and do wonder if... 3D. I do wonder if one of the worst scenes in this movie would have been better be 
because they did this for 3D. So do you remember the scene where he was squishing? I think it was one of the guys. <laughs> yes, heads, and the that was for 3D. Out. Yeah. yeah. So the eyeball popped right at the screen, but it was so obviously a rubber mask. It was just really <laughs> not good. And I'm like, why the hell did they make it? Like, first of all, it's not going to happen like that. Second of all, it was just it was just bad. It was just bad when you watched it. But I, I so I bet that was probably one that they did strictly for 3D that they probably should have changed up for the regular release. Yeah, I, I'd have to check. I'm not sure if Tom Savini had anything to do with the the gore in this movie. I don't know if he would have allowed that particular shot. But again, because of the 3D, bets are off at that point. We just want to see the eyeball, eyeball popping out in 3D is probably the thing there. Um, I think this is a fine Friday the 13th. I have some issues with it in turn. It's Friday the 13th movie, but I do have some issues. I think the final girl is forgettable. Mm-hmm. Whereas I thought the first two final girls of the movie were of, of the Friday, the 13th franchise were pretty strong, especially part two. I thought this one was forgettable. They had that really weird scene with her where they're trying to play off like this trauma that she had with running into Jason. And it just like, he like grabs her and like pulls her away from the woods in the flashback, but he doesn't kill her, but it doesn't show you what he does with her, how she gets away. She just wait. She just says she woke up in bed. Like, I don't understand that whole scene. Yeah. That was a negative for me too. Cause it just, I'm watching. I'm like, what is happening? What is this? I don't know what they're trying to, like, I felt like a, a couple of different, instances they were trying to add layers of complex complexity to the story and it just didn't work anytime they did it i think that was one of them another one was the bikers which i, I like the bikers but it i was like because i was when they introduced the bikers i was like oh this is an interesting plot twist not really a plot twist but interesting angle that they're going with they're gonna we're gonna get something different than the first two and then they added them just to kill them off and it ended up <laughs> not being a different angle at well all. there was a little bit that was important which was kind of towards the final scene which was the bikers actually stole the gas from the van Mm -hmm. so yeah when she went to go drive away which you know that's your moment of relief oh she's getting away the van breaks down and then it starts to fall through the bridge but it wouldn't have had the bikers not stolen the gas yeah right that was a pivotal moment in the movie anything else also also you had the biker who showed up way too late in that fight inside the barn he's been there the whole time yeah (laughs) he's watching her almost die for minutes and yeah. then he shows up surprise attack now you're dead right the stolen gas thing did end up coming back in the end but when i when they introduce when they introduced these characters i thought they were adding like a second villain pl- plot line and i thought that we're gonna get like two interweaving plots which would have been interesting might have been a flop but it would have been something different from the other movies and it ended up not going that way so i was a little disappointed there well, they had to introduce more cannon fodder right they had to introduce they didn't want to kill the kids right away. Mm-hmm. So they needed more deaths. And that's why they introduced those three bikers in this particular movie. Right. But he um, felt, felt lazy. It's like he's introducing new characters just to kill them off. It's like, okay, cool. Welcome to Friday the 13th, Dave. <laughs> I know. But, but, that's my, but no, I know. That's my point is I thought they were introducing something that was going to separate this movie from all the other ones and not have it be the exact same thing over and over and over. And they didn't do that. Hmm. So I understand uh, with these movies, you have to have the corniness and you're going to have all the sex scenes and all this kind of stuff that all the Friday the 13th movies do. And frankly, a lot of the slashers do. One of the corny scenes that I just couldn't stand was this guy who wouldn't stop walking on his hands. Yeah. 
What? Cut it out. I feel, like, I feel like when they casted this guy, they're like, well, what can you do? He's like, well, I can't act, but I can walk on my hands. They're like, well, we're going to use that. Gotta make money on this. I gotta figure out how to make money off this. I'm going to Hollywood. It's like a walk on my hands. It just, I don't know, it drove me crazy. I mean, they turned it into a kill. So, I mean, that's fine. Uh, let's go back to the beginning of the movie with the couple that's witnessing the events unfold. They have the young girl with the curlers in her hair. They're trying to make this like 25 year old girl look like she's like a 45 year old housewife. Um, with the actual 55-year-old husband. And this dude is just walking around his grocery store, just eating bites of every bit of food that he can find. I love this Death guy. deserved. Deserved his death. Dude, uh, okay, so she catches him, <laughs> and he's eating a donut, and she takes the donut, and she puts the donut back. She's worse than him. Yeah, they're both bad. I mean, he was he was doing the same thing, but but she saw what he was doing. She chose to put that back in the box. But she also hated a rabbit, so she deserved to die as well. Yep. And the other thing that this guy was doing was the most whiskey Dave thing I've ever seen, where he was actually drinking whiskey while shitting on the toilet. <laughs> so that's a that's a level of whiskey drinking that I have never seen in my life. So kudos to that guy. Yeah, uh, that, that caught me off guard too. I was like, "That's not a, <laughs> I, that's not a thing that people do." Maybe alcoholics do that. I don't know. I uh, guess that would be the. So you never had a shitski before? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't lived. Uh, some of my other notes: when they borrow the car, they they borrow like the main girl's boyfriend's car, and they go into town, and the bikers like destroy this thing. They break out the windshield. They break out the side window. They get back to camp. No one really cares. Even the guy who owns the car is just like, what happened to my car? And they just, and they're like, they give them like an attitude about it. They're like, wouldn't you like to know? Or something like that. It's like, yeah, I would like to know what happened. I would. I my would like to know. My windshield's broken. What are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> but he's just like, eh, whatever. It's fine. Um, I feel like he got the hockey mask a little later in the movie than I would have liked. I, I, I know this is the movie that he gets it. I don't know if they knew that it was obviously they didn't know it was going to become that iconic. Have you heard the story of why he got the hockey mask? No, I was going to ask. I was like, did I miss it? Because all of a sudden he was just wearing it. So well, no, Shep, it, was, well, it was the right. guy who was doing all the gags who yeah. kept pranking them. That was one of the things he was wearing. He killed that guy and ended up taking the mask. Mm. I feel like Robin, let's go back to your point, but I, I, I do feel the same way. I feel like, Either it could have come earlier or they could have done some sort of a scene of him putting on the mask and making it like slow motion and kind of an iconic moment because all of a sudden he's just got it on. And then I was like, all right, I guess this is what he does now. No, but to the point that we they probably didn't know the hockey right. mask was going to be so iconic at the time. They're like, we'll right. have him wear this. It's going to look cool. Didn't know it was going to be like the face of slashers. Yeah. And so here's the story behind them actually choosing the hockey mask. They thought that the bag head, the, the sack mask from the second movie, wasn't that scary. Um, and they wanted to change the mask, and rightfully so. They showed up this, to set with a bunch of masks, tried a bunch of them. None of them were really working so well. They didn't really like the look of them. The props guy happened to have his hockey gear in his car and just grabbed his hockey mask for like from his personal hockey bag. They put it on and history was made. Love That's it. actually cool. 
that is yeah. pretty good. So do that's you, probably why. Do you know if they that. added the red paint to it, to it, or do you think that was just there already? I think that was probably already there. Um, and that becomes iconic and becomes actually important in another one of the movies, believe it or not. The hockey mask of everything, because the continuity in Friday the 13th literally makes no sense. <laughs> Nobody knows how old JC is supposed to be. He can go from being seven years old to, you know, a 35-year-old male zombie that's like the Incredible Hulk. He can run. He can be hurt. Like, there's no continuity. The one thing that has continuity to it throughout the movie series is the hockey mask. The the axe hatchet from the from this movie, you'll see that on the mask in almost every single movie going forward. Like it and it gets dirtier and grimier as the movies go on. It's just it's like that's the one thing. I mean, I love it. I, I think it's great, but that's the one thing that we're like, we have to make sure that the timeline is correct on the mask. We don't care about anything else. I mean, it's kind of like a supernatural just... creature, anyways. I mean sometimes nothing can kill him. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> another well, scene we'll... that kind of, sorry, another scene that kind of bothered me was one of the kills. So you got like the hippie guy, the guy that's like smoking weed the whole movie or whatever. When he gets electrocuted down in the basement, he has his hand on the thing, but it really looks like it was. It just didn't look natural, and it looked like he. They obviously used like real sparks in that scene, and mm-hmm. it looks like he was actually like flinching away from the sparks, and his hand looked really awkward. Like it just, it the way he hit it was just kind of like, oh. I am now getting electrocuted. It's just, it, it, it was a bad, bad acting job on that part. Uh, that brings me to my next point. Are the stoners in their 40s? They look so old. These are supposed to be like, like early college kids. It looked like they just picked these people up at like a nursing home and brought them with them. It was crazy. Oh, there was one especially. Shaggy hippies. It wasn't even one of the hippies. It was just one of like the preppy guys. He just looked like he was at least 35 years older than the rest of the actresses. And it, it wasn't good. Another scene that was kind of inconsistent with reality, which is fine, was actually I kind of like this scene too. So when the girl goes back, I, I think she was in the hammock and she looks up and like the, the blood is dripping on her book. And she looks mm. up and she sees the the body all cut up on the rafters or whatever. And Folded folded and and no it was very cut up so you had like his severed waist just kind of propped up there like he just he cut this guy in half and put both halves up there there would have been so much more blood coming down than just a few drips because you could literally see the open end of the bottom of his torso or whatever like his from his waist anyways there would have been he had to have been been, he had to have been put up there earlier so where's the rest of the blood Right. It wouldn't have been just trickling down. You can actually go back and, and freeze frame it on that scene because it, it would just be an absolute bloodbath, literally. I actually did have to rewind that and say, did I just actually watch them attempt to pull that off? Because that made no <laughs> sense. <laughs> um, so that gets us. We've gone over a lot of the kills. Is there any other kills we want to hit on before we touch on the end of this movie? No, because I think I'm, I feel like I'm going to start conflating these two movies in the kills. <laughs> so this movie actually had it had the ending that we all saw, which is the girl ends up going to the hospital. Uh, she's the lone survivor of everybody. There was an alternate ending to this movie that was filmed, which I think they should have done, to be honest, because it it would have separated the movie for you, to your point, Dave. Mm-hmm. They filmed it. You can go online. You can find it. Uh, Jason wins. He decapitates the final girl, and that's the end of the movie. And that would just buck tradition of all these movies for the most part. 
And I think doing that would have been a better way to end this particular movie. Again, I didn't think the final girl was strong in this one. So that's why I would have been okay with it. And can I get, sorry, I got to rewind something here and go back as they're driving in the car, you know, when the the cops come behind them and they all have to eat the weed and everything. Mm -hmm. One of the girls brings up the fact that she's pregnant twice in that car. And it never comes back in the movie ever. That's a good point. Like, I'm just like, I'm like, what is the, I've seen this movie a hundred times. I don't know if I've ever caught that before, but I'm like, where does that come back? I, cause I, cause as she's saying it, I'm like, I think she dies in this movie mm. and it just literally never comes back. There's no other words about it. Nothing. It's just yeah, weird. That is weird. I didn't even think of that. So sorry to ruin the ending and go back no. to the beginning there. Yeah. I didn't like the, I didn't like the end of this movie. Uh, this is the one where what is it? she has like a fever dream and it's the mother's corpse yeah. comes out of the, I thought that was so stupid. I yeah. They it. try to replicate the first movie from the end yeah, scene. It but, pissed me well, off. Reverse the roles. Yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. I hated yeah. it. Yeah. That was a stupid. Not good. Agreed. Let's, uh, let's jump into some ratings for this one. What do you guys think? I have this at three machetes out of five. Ooh, nice. Machetes this time. Very good. Yeah, make me work. <laughs> I had this at uh, 3.6 stars. Oh, that's what we'll I was going to give it. We'll do machetes. 3.6 <laughs> machetes. I'll stick with my rating of also 3.6 machetes. Mm. Yeah. It's good. It's watchable. It's a fun one. Uh, but let's get into what many claim is the best movie in the entire series. Friday the 13th, part four. All right. The final, not final chapter. Dave, hit us with a synopsis, please. Friday the 13th, part four, the final chapter, 1984. A carefree lakeside vacation is interrupted by the reemergence of killer Jason Voorhees. After he escapes from a morgue, leaving bodies in his wake, Jason travels to Camp Crystal Lake, where a group of friends are staying. The teens meet some locals, Tommy and Trish, as well as secretive hiker Rob. As the group of teenagers engage in drunken debauchery, their numbers begin to dwindle and pieces of the past resurface. So I said mm. my piece that this is just the same as the others. And uh, it's not. Disagree. It's not oh, best. sorry. I'm going to go back real quick, guys. Um, I have a couple facts about Friday the 13th Part 3 before we jump into this movie. We don't have to, we don't have to edit anything. Um, in Friday the 13th part three, nobody says the name Jason once. Jason is not, not named one time in the movie, that is which is interesting. The number one movie of all time, like for consecutive weeks at the box office is the movie ET. It stayed atop the box office for 16 weeks. The to movie to dethrone it. Friday the 13th part three. Hmm. And those are my two facts for Friday the 13th part three. Cool. Can I switch my rating? Cause it's better now. Yeah. Just kidding. No, no, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. We'll go into Friday the 13th part four. I just wanted to make sure I got those facts in. Friday the 13th part four, 1984. You got the synopsis already. We won't redo it, but this one was, yeah, again, I, I have a hard time distinguishing this one from the last one. The plot was obviously a little bit different, but not that much different. It's just they're back at Camp Crystal Lake. It's a bunch of teenagers that are there for some reason, and they get picked off one by one. It's the same 
I'm not, I'm not even knocking it. It just is, it's an observable fact that this is just the same movie over and over again. The producers are just capitalizing on something that keeps working. I disagree to an extent on this. Uh, obviously, they have the teenagers that come in. You have to have the teenager cannon fodder for Jason Voorhees. It's, you know, apple pie. Like, mm -hmm. you have to have it. I think they go a little different route this time by introducing an actual family with a, a single mother, her teenage daughter, and, you know, the the 10 to 12-year-old son, however old he's supposed to be. And they become essentially the main characters of this movie. And I think the biggest problem of the movie, we're going to get into a few parts of this, is not focusing on that family enough in the movie. There's a particular part that they go away, I think, way too long. But I think that is what distinguishes this movie is having that family element as opposed to just the teenagers. And that's who we're dealing with. Now, this movie starts in the hospital, the hospital scene. And I'm going to tell you this. This hospital scene, if it gets put on TV before I see it's Jason Voorhees, I sometimes think that this is Halloween, the original Halloween, too. Because it's essentially like the same exact thing to start the movie, like mm -hmm. a complete knockoff. And it, it just like, as I was watching, I'm like, God, I always think that this is Halloween too as I'm watching this. Yeah. And it's just not. Um, it's not bad. The, the beginning's not bad. I mean, to your point, that's where I think it's the repetitiveness. Jason gets killed. He's pronounced dead for the 15th time. He comes back to life in a morgue or whatever. And he's fine. It just, eh. But I think once we get into the campground, I really enjoy this movie. I enjoy Corey Feldman in this movie. I think having him play a pivotal role is very different for a lot of horror movies of the time where you have the, the child become the hero. Mm -hmm. It does happen a bit more frequently as you go on in the 80s. And this is where we get the start of the Tommy Jarvis trilogy, right? So Tommy Jarvis is Corey Feldman's character. We get him in part four, we get him in part five, and we get him in part six, all played by different actors, which is amazing. And that's where we start yeah. getting some timeline issues because <laughs> it's supposed to be like a year later in the next one. And I think he's 70 years old. So <laughs> it's, it's real wild. Um, but Tom We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Me Jarvis is the best known hero of this series altogether for being in three different movies. Jesse, what are your initial takes on Friday the 13th part four? It was very similar. Um, it, yeah, but, but it did have that angle of Corey Feldman's character switching things up and he had a game plan, right? So he kind of was into these things and he was studying it or whatever. And he had a plan once things went down had that whole scene at the end where he shaves his head and kind of reflective of 
was it the first movie or the second movie where the girl put on the sweater? Oh, the sweater. Yeah, the second movie. Second movie. So, you know, it's a little bit of a callback to that, but it, it staggers Jason enough or confuses him enough where he's thrown off just long enough to try to put up a fight. So it was a, it was different enough. I also thought there were a lot more likable characters in this. I thought the kid who was sitting there just smoking weed and, and watching the weird kind of softcore porn movies or whatever he was watching, like those old timey mm-hmm. aerobic videos. Yeah. Very strange, but it, it was, I, I thought his character was, was pretty funny and, and I enjoyed, uh, enjoyed a lot of the kills in this movie. I thought it was good. I thought the, yeah. there was a few of them that were done really well for one was the, uh, the butcher knife to the face mm. on kind of the dorky character. That was really good. The stab through the boat was predictable, but cool. Um, so you will show Crispin Glover respect when <laughs> when you talk about his death. Crispin Glover is a national treasure, and it all started with this movie. Crispin right. Glover is weird as fuck in this movie. <laughs> it's very <laughs> enjoyable it to is. watch. We we have some facts. ACDC is actually going to come back into this discussion in a little bit, but continue. Good. No, hate that. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually completely thrown off. I forgot what I was just about to talk about. But it, I think there was enough that was different about this movie where it wasn't a copy and paste completely. Oh, here's what I was going to bring up. There were multiple scenes in this movie where someone gets thrown through a window. And I yep. went back and I was like, let me see how fake this was. And I went back and paused it. And it was actual people getting thrown through windows. I was like, I am impressed. Because one of them, <laughs> one of them, he went through the window so limp and awkward without his arms in front of him like he just went through head first and just boom onto the ground <laughs> and i was like i gotta watch this back i gotta see how fake this dummy was and i don't know if it was just the most realistic dummy of the 1980s but this i think it was a real stunt man who just went through the window head first and just took it and it was awesome yeah, gotta do it the conditions yeah the conditions on set weren't what they are today you could kind of do a little bit more and they just they just would do it, man. You you go back and watch some of the documentaries on some of these horror movies and what the stuntmen were doing. It's it would be yeah. a felony. Yeah. Today. <laughs> the other one I got to mention, which which I the creep factor hit an all time high for me was so the the girl at the end. I think it was Corey Feldman's sister. Yeah, in the movie, she gets thrown through a window, and that was another one where I went back. I'm like, oh, I got to see if that was real because actually that, that looked like a that looked like a real good fall. And it, it was a real, I don't know if it was a stunt uh, stunt person or if it was the actual actress, but that was that. But then she falls down onto the ground. So she falls onto the ground. And at some point, the film crew went and just hiked up her skirt for that scene. And it was just like, I'm like, somebody, they're like, wait, no, let's show her underwear. <laughs> it's like, that's just so creepy and so unnecessary. But this is the kind of movie you get. Everyone gets naked at some point. But it was, um, I was like, damn, like that, that must have been an awkward moment on on set. Yes. Was that her or was that or is that one of the twins? Because to your point, there are so many people going through windows, dogs going through windows, people going through windows. It's a lot of broken windows. I'm pretty sure that was her at the end. She was wearing that like blue kind of dress the whole movie, right? Yeah, that was probably her. I just like to your point, just everyone's going through a window Mm -hmm. so much so that when they're running around at the end of the movie and we'll get into this in a little bit, they're running around locking the doors in a house full of windows. And I'm like, this dude is just going to jump right through that window <laughs> you have witnessed yeah. six people get thrown through windows already you know what's about to happen here. you know he's coming through the window all right let's let's rewind to the beginning of the movie and go through it really quickly i have a few notes here that i want to get into 
uh, speaking of Crispin Glover and his friend who keeps calling him a dead fuck throughout the entire movie, as they're riding in the car to the location, they're in like that station wagon. What threw me off about this entire scene, this is what I was looking at the whole scene. I'm like, is this bad editing or is there really just no window in the back of that car? And half of their heads are hanging out a, like out of frame above the back of the car. And it, there was no window. Their head was really sticking out the back window of that, of that station wagon. It was really weird to look at once you notice it. Couldn't get my eyes off of it. So I didn't even pick that. up on that. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and watch because I didn't. But now I'm intrigued to see what the hell you're talking about. It blew my mind. I was like, I was like, what? How do they take that window out? Did those roll down? I don't remember those rolling down back in the 80s in those station wagons, but perhaps they did. Perhaps somebody will yell at me. Perhaps we will get a one machete review because of it. Um, we're going to fast forward a little bit to this hitchhiker character, Rob, who makes no goddamn sense in this movie and this is where timeline stuff starts to get murky this is essentially <laughs> this is essentially two days after his sister got murdered and he's already geared up ready to go hunt down jason knows where he's at knows what happened it's it shows up before the police <laughs> shows up before like it just does not track like it just does not make a lot of sense the character doesn't make a lot of sense. However, has a great death scene. I mean, I was laughing pretty loud as he's in the basement and he's just screaming, he's killing me! He's killing me! <laughs> over and over and over again. He's murdering me! <laughs> I think that's not... I can't imagine those would be the words coming out of your mouth at that exact yeah, moment. There would be a lot of F words coming out. Yeah. Stops, like, please help. And the other great part about that scene is the girl's standing at the top as he's yelling this, and she decides to go down and help him after he's done yelling and is already dead. <laughs> That's when she goes down. You waited too long. Yeah, what are you doing? That's just so, brownie points for your conscience at that point. Well, I did go check. <laughs> yeah. And, and why, for the love of God, when the hitchhiker is set up in his tent and he thinks he hears Jason out in the woods. He's rummaging through his tent. He grabs the knife, grabs the machete instead of grabbing the rifle. Rifle sitting right there. He comes back, rifle snapped in half. Bro, why didn't you go out with the rifle in the first place? What are we doing here? All right, boys, it is time to talk about Crispin Glover in this movie because this is one of the strangest and yet best performances in a horror movie that I've just ever seen in my life. It's incredible. The acting's incredible. The direction he went with his character makes no sense. <laughs> and he gets so mad at being called a dead fuck the entire movie, which is insanity. First of all, like, like for that to ever be the reason you're actually justifiable like just so angry at your best friend it, it just blew my mind but we got to talk about the dancing <laughs> oh my god he crushed it he it crushed is, it it is the best dance scene in any movie of all time 
and I did some research. I knew some of this already going into this movie. The song that he's dancing to is not the song that was playing while he was dancing, which I know is probably shocking. So many people. Do we want to guess what song he was dancing to? Uh, what was this, 1984? Yeah. Mm, turned down for what by Little John? Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> much it. Nailed it, actually. Dave, yeah. guess? Uh, the Titanic theme song by Celine Dion. If you guys had been listening to the show, you would know that ACDC was going to be coming back. Oh, fuck and off. Back in Black is what he was dancing to in this nice. scene, which still probably doesn't make sense for whatever he was doing. And from what I read, that is actually how Crispin Glover was dancing in nightclubs in the 1980s. I don't know who has this information, but this is what he would do when he would go out dancing, supposedly. So any thoughts on Crispin Glover before we move on? The dance was, scene was dancing was great. Thought he was great in Back to the Future. <laughs> he was great in Back to the Future. Mm. Um, next thing I want to get into before we get into some of the kills they go to the house full of the teenagers that start getting picked off one by one. And I think they stay there too long. I think there could have been a cut once or twice over to what was going on at the Jarvis house. It just, there was like a 15 minute stretch where we don't see what's going on with Tommy Jarvis, his mom, his sister, and I think that's a mistake. I think those are who we're trying to build as our protagonist, as our main characters. And you're making it so that we, A, forget about them, and B, aren't building anything for them to care. It could be as simple as going to Tommy, watching out the window. We've already established that he looks out the window to that house and him seeing something or whatever when he gets back from the strip of the sister. So many different things you could have done there. And I think that was a real missed opportunity with this movie. Any thoughts on? I agree. I thought the character development could have been better with this movie. And that's one of my main concerns with it. And I think the character development could be better in most of these slashers. And the I guess the, the counter to that would be who's developing characters in slasher movies. They're literally just fodder to yeah. be killed. So, but... I think it makes the kills more impactful if you know the character or if you think the character is going to go on, you know, along further than they do because of the way that they're being developed. So it leaves more to be, it's, it's more, be more mysterious, I guess, basically. I agree. Developed so, characters. Yeah. For a movie like this, I don't really care too much about character development with, with the two main characters in this one, the sister and the brother, obviously it was a little bit more important, but to Rob's point, that big gap, I noticed it as well. And it was like, why, why aren't we bouncing back and forth between these two stories? And you did wonder like, what were they doing this whole time? You know, having a snack while everyone's getting murdered or something. So, yeah. Um, the, the other thing that I'll say, just to add on to your point, Dave, look at our slasher movies with our, with our protagonists, our final girls that people really care about. They developed them really well. And the Halloween movie, um, Laurie Strode, is developed really well in the first movie. Mm -hmm. Scream, Sidney Prescott, is developed really well in the first movie. Hell, Nightmare on Elm Street. I think Nancy is a strong final girl for mm -hmm. sure and developed really well in that. We'll get into that movie at some point. But 
it makes it more impactful even when they don't die mm-hmm. as they're struggling with the killer that final scene because you know there is a chance it's a it's a slasher movie they can still die it is a possibility that they that they do just kill them off and go to new characters in the second movie so developing them is crucial to your point of caring you're just caring about what's going on with these characters i don't need all the secondary characters developed though i'm fine with you just doing a little like um like the teddy bear guy he's sort of a dick he's the stoner fine kill him also fun fact about him when he was filming his scenes of being stoned he thought he should actually get stoned and smoked a bunch of weed before they started filming and he didn't have the happy feeling. He had the paranoia feeling, oh, no. and it really fucked up production that day. So, yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah. That sucks. Yeah, so there was that whole thing. And my sort of final point, then we'll get into some of the kills, is they're real, the sister and the hiker are really worried about Tommy Jarvis and where he is and if he's okay. They're running around the house for him. They finally find him. They find little Tommy. He's okay. What do they do? Tommy, wait in the house while we go across the street to see if the murderer is over there. Just stay (laughs) here alone again with all these windows and walls made of windows and glass. And we're going to hope he doesn't circle behind and kill you while we're over at the other house. What the fuck are we doing? (laughs) Some questionable writing for sure. Yeah, that didn't make a lot of sense to me either. It was was obvious, like an obvious setup too. Just lazy. Yeah, what are we doing here, guys? So I thought there were some really good kills in this. Jesse, the, the butcher kill to Crispin Glover was really, really well done. I liked the stabbing through the screen of of the stoner guy Hmm. the teddy it was more subtle but i i just really liked the way that was done for some reason um there's just so many good different kills in this movie i I love i love part four to be honest i i think this is really one of the stronger movies in this franchise clearly this isn't a controversial take so no not at all any any kills that stood out to you guys in this one? Not outside of the ones that we've already mentioned. This one, but I will say, and I'll compare, I'm going to compare franchises right now. The mm-hmm. Friday the 13th franchise, as far as the kills go, versus the Halloween franchise, as far as the kills go, are not even close. Friday the 13th does it way better. Mm-hmm. That's going to be controversial. Less, less so, less so for the later Halloween movies, but more. I'm more so talking about the first one and, and possibly the second one. But we don't have to get into Halloween right now. Oh, we I will soon. When, um, we will soon. Yeah, the, the only thing I'd mention. I thought the, the girl with the banana getting killed. I thought that that one kind of made me sad. Girl on the side of the road. She was kind of down on her luck. Hitchhiker girl. Yeah. No. What? Tough. That was rough. Yeah, but, what a know, what a mean get. scene too. They're like calling her fat as they drive by her, like, and then they kill her too. It's like, dude, she's yeah, leave her alone. Yeah, around she just wants to ups- get somewhere. <laughs> all around upsetting to watch. Um, yeah. I understand it's 1984. I understand if practical effects aren't great, but enough of them were good. It's the scene where he got his hand cut. 
Mm. It just was so rubbery and not real that it bothered me. I was like, ah, that could have been better, but it, it wasn't great. And a lot of bad rubber mask in this movie, but I mean, this, it is what it is. So it's, it's fine. I still think uh, this one might be my favorite. I don't know if that's a hot take at all, but I think this is my favorite Friday the 13th. Not a hot take at all. It's most people's favorite. Uh, the ending kill for Jason was really good too, where he slides down the yeah. machete. Very memorable. Uh, very good kill. And my final fact, I do have one more fact for this movie. Do you guys remember the opening movie, the opening hospital scene where the guy's watching the aerobics video in the hospital while he's yes. while Jason's sitting behind him, dead, mm-hmm. supposedly? Uh, one of the girls from the aerobics video ended up having a part in Friday the 13th, part six. Oh, so cool. <laughs> that, that'll come back up in part six. That's fine. Uh, this one for me is a, I'm going to give it a 4.4 machetes. I think it's one of the stronger ones in the franchise for sure. Easily rewatchable. I think it's on my list of ones you should watch. I do see that question a lot, like which Friday the 13th you should watch. It probably make my top. I mean, it's, top three for sure i'm just trying to figure out if it's top two it is probably top two for me i would say um there's one later that i actually might like better i need to rewatch one more time though jesse it's four six for me it's very strong it's a good movie um it's a lot of fun well done uh, i thought the characters in this movie were more likable than a lot of the other movies so it's good it's a good one yep i have it at a 4.1 it was, it was good. It's a fun. They're all up to this point, at least, are fun movies. If you like slashers, eighty slashers, I think. I just think Friday Thirteenth did slashers the best. Mm. So I have this weird. I don't know if I said this in the last Friday the Thirteenth episode. Friday the Thirteenth as a franchise isn't like my overall favorite, or at least I thought it wasn't. But I've watched the Friday the 13th movies way more than I've watched any other slasher franchise. I love Nightmare on Elm Street. I love Freddy Krueger. He's like my favorite psychopathic slasher. But I know I've watched these Friday the 13th way more. And I wonder if that has something to do with there being Friday the 13th during the year. Mm. And it just triggers your brain to watch them. So I know I've seen these movies way more than the other series but I still think I'm a nightmare on Elm Street guy at heart. At least I want to be. Maybe yeah. I'm a poser. I feel like I never really felt like Nightmare on Elm Street really fit in with the slasher genre. It's in there, but it's, it's also like psychological horror too. True. Which we'll get into very soon. When we start covering the Nightmare on Elm Street series, any closing thoughts, Dave? No, I, I like four. I think four is probably... I, I still like one the best. I think one was definitely the most impactful in my memory. Jesse, closing thoughts? Uh, four is my favorite so far. And I, I don't know if I've seen too many of the other ones, so I'll keep updating you as they go. So we shall see. <laughs> and I've never watched a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, so that'll be brand new for me, which is exciting. Is I've probably seen clips here and there, but yeah, I don't think I've ever seen any of them. So that's that. All right, that's much to it. That's going to do it for this horror movie review. Jesse's doing a lot of finger pointing. We'll catch you next time here at Hometown Ghost Stories. Peace. <laughs>